Today on episode 91 of the Home of Play podcast, Sony is looking at combining PS Plus and PlayStation Now to create an Xbox Game Pass competitor on the PlayStation. Sony patents a DualShock-esque controller for mobile devices, and the next Bioshock game will take place in a fictional Antarctic city. All that and more. Let's get fictional and let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 91 of the Home of Play podcast, where every Monday, the two best friends join forces to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we are the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Steven. With me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself, Christopher. Hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-supported podcast. We don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free for you to enjoy your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the Santa Clauses about the show, and they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, and it's all because you lovely gaming homies helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com. Once again, homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com. And then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss all the new services that might be coming to our PlayStations. On today's episode, we have five news articles to discuss. But first, I want to talk about my low energy today, Chris. We got low energy. I'm not having a great weekend. I'm very tired. I've had a headache for like two days straight. So in case anyone's wondering is listening, I apologize. My energy levels are a little low. I'm probably going to be sitting back a little. You're not going to get as a rambunctious Steve as you're used to. Um, but I just appreciate your patience. And uh, hopefully by next week, I'll be feeling a lot better. Uh, but before we get into everything else, let us get into what we've been doing this week, Chris, like we always do. Please, Chris, give me the rundown of your past seven days. Well, it's been a bit of a week. I've purchased a couple of newer games. Um, but for the recap, uh, console wise, I haven't really played it too much other than I've started a little bit more Mass Effect 2. So I've been chipping away at that. I think I got another three more people on my team and done a couple of their loyalty quests. So making some progress on that, I could probably finish it in a session in like a one day session and just try to wipe it out if I wanted to. Um, I'm me, I like to get everything, but I think I'm going to just go to the the level of just get all the trophies because you don't need to do everything in the game to get all the trophies in this one. So I think I'll just finish it and move on to the third one. So PC wise, uh, same as usual, you know, TFT, PUBG, Gloomhaven. Um, the games I purchased, uh, my buddy talked me into, I think it was it called Unrailed. It's like this uh, train game. It's just a mini game where you build train tracks and have to clear the tracks and try to get the train to go as far as possible. It's fine. It's okay. It's nothing too special. Um, the other game I purchased was Icarus. It's a game that just came out this week. Uh, it's another survival type of game. Um, the one thing I could say, though, it's demanding because this game visually is probably one of the best looking games I've seen maybe ever and then it's got like crazy physics where it's like you when you're mining resources it's like actually chipping away the rock where you're hitting it which is incredible uh haven't had too much time into it yet uh just maybe like two hours or so but it we had like this uh rainstorm that just looked really good i don't know 
it looks really good. I think it's just PC right now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I suggest people taking a look at it because it's, it's definitely, I mean, the survival aspect's not new, but um, it, it's got some interesting creatures and stuff too in the trailer. So most things I've seen is deer, rabbits, and wolves. And the wolves uh, ate one of my friends, but I saved him. It was good times. Uh, and then the only other thing I've been playing uh, the last two days, actually, um, it's free on Epic right now, uh, Dead by Daylight. I know Steve and I have tried it on console briefly. Um, that was just a small taste of it, but um, ha- having a lot of fun with it. I think my biggest gripe about it is that uh, I'm trying to play with friends. If you're playing by yourself, it's probably fine, but when you're playing with friends, there's no issues with that aspect. Like It's still fun. The problem comes when you don't have a full lobby. Uh, there's Right now, it's just three of us, and typically it's four versus one. So it's like we have to wait almost like three to five minutes to get that fourth person. The fifth person, the killer, is easy. Uh, you, you find killers all the time because everybody wants to play as the killers. So that's the, not the problem. It's just to find a single person who's playing by themselves to add to the group. That's We just sit in lobbies forever, which is kind of the, the downside of it. But gameplay-wise, I think we're having fun with it. So Otherwise, that's pretty much it for my week. Uh, have you been playing anything? I think I saw you on console playing something. Yeah, still playing my Assassin's Creed Valhalla is the epitome of a love-hate relationship, I think. Oh. I can't, um, you know, I keep playing it and I enjoy some aspects. You know, I keep getting more passive skills, which makes combat so much fun. You know, I was talking to a friend about one situation where I think I got the secondary upgrade to the harpoon the harpoon move it's kind of like scorpions um little rope thing and uh once you upgrade it you get the second upgrade you can pull people towards you and just instantly cut off their head so i was like okay i do that you know jump into things start with that move then a guy tries to shoot me with a bow and arrow i have the passive that if you hit l1 really quick you return anything that's thrown at you or shot at you so then I shoot that guy with his own arrow. Then I go and do like another ultra move. And like either I ended up killing like six people in like unique, cool ways. And I'm just like, yeah, like this is what I like. You know, I I'm one of those people I think I talk about all the time, but Shadow of War, I loved at the end of the game. Like the start of the game, it felt kind of difficult and you're just surviving. And then by the end of the game, you feel like a god. I feel like that's what this game does. And I do like that. I know some people always want the challenge. They're very dedicated to like almost like a Dark Souls experience where you're always getting your ass kicked and you never feel safe, which is fine too. I think, you know, both things can be great. Um, but I do like the odd game that does let you feel godlike. And I definitely have that feeling right now. So I enjoy that, but just all these other problems, man, like I just did a whole quest line, uh, story quest line in one area and they give you like this hood and mask and you can't take it off for the whole time you're there, which is kind of dumb, but fine, whatever. The problem is, because this is Ubisoft lately, you can't ever take it off. So as soon as I finish that whole area, that thing haunts you forever. I actually had to go online and find out that this has been an issue since release. And even the article I found to help me get like rid of this thing was posted in like January of this year. So we're talking about like a glitch that uh, I, at least has existed for 11 months. They still haven't patched out. And that, you know, we're talking about a game that they're now discussing, like, a season two of events and content for, and you don't, you still just don't have a good game, you know, I still talk, I talk about every week, the screen tearing, 
um all the time my game will just freeze for like one second and then kind of like it looks like it's about to crash um it's just like all these problems i'm constantly having uh dialogue issues like my character my avor i chose as a male character and there's a couple times now where they'll just be like oh yeah she told me and they're like talking about avor and takes me a second to clue in i'm like oh man like there's so many little things it's like death by a thousand cuts you know and i just like this is so disappointing like there's so many great things about this game that i like but every time i start to get high on it i just feel like there's all these little problems that persist like you know even until i came back to this game i had that huge glitch where i could never get that wolf to be with me um i couldn't max out that that ability uh because the the quest just totally glitched on me i mean there's just so many little things and and the story is very disappointing i i'm so surprised like they definitely didn't try with this the side quests at all like i feel like they're so forgettable it's the worst we've probably ever seen in the series uh but i would get through that if the story the main story was great but it's not it's not great chris like i seriously have just cleared almost all the areas i only have two more areas left in the entire game and for base game anyway and the, they, they haven't even got back to his brother and you know i'm not going to spoil anything here but i'm just like seriously i just did six areas in a row and we're not even going to get back to the main part of the game like it just it definitely feels like there was a bloat issue here where they didn't they had a story that made sense for like maybe 10 areas but they had a map that had like 20 different areas so what do you do and it's like oh well we'll give them these little side stories but it'll never come back to the main story until the very end no i get that it's almost like it should have been more they shouldn't have given you the freedom maybe to choose what area because it's like it feels like you're, you know, the thing happens with your brother and it's like, then you go do a different area and it's like, you're recruiting people to help you in the cause. It's like yeah. the, the consistency of the stories, not in the right order, I guess, maybe as it were, because you could just well, jump around, right? Yeah. And, and the thing too, like the even worse part is like you say that and now it makes me think about how much worse it could have been, but I'm actually trying to pick the areas based off power level. So I feel like I'm yeah. doing them in the order that is probably suggested yeah. and it still has such a gap, such a gap. So, you know, I don't have to talk about this all day. Like I said, the best way I can sum it up, love, hate. I love certain aspects. I love playing the base game of it. I like the combat. Uh, I think I'm high enough power level. I think I'm 310 now. So I'm going to go back and really mess up that witch that like ruined <laughs> yeah, my first feeling. Oh yeah I, yeah. I can't wait to get back and give her her just desserts. But, I know I took um, two of them out, but the third one, nope, too powerful. I haven't found, uh, I found the most powerful one and I think I've defeated the second most powerful one already. Mm. I just don't know where the third one is. I, well, again, cause I stopped looking for anything that isn't just a gold yeah. dot on my map because it's so useless to whatever. Yeah. I think the only thing I do enjoy uh, out of all the things that isn't treasure uh, would be the legendary animals just because you get like two uh, skill points right away and all that stuff. So yeah. anyway, we don't have to talk about that. Uh, I just basically played that, but I did purchase um, it was on sale with the Black Friday stuff. So I purchased uh, the remaster or re-release. I'm not sure how they refer to it of uh, Nino Kuni. Uh, the first one, uh, I think it's Wrath of the... S I can't remember what they call it. Something about the Snow Queen or whatever. But I, I remember trying that on PlayStation Now years ago. Uh, I couldn't really blend with the gameplay, but I do love Studio G Ghibli. So I, I want to go back. And like maybe there's something I just was missing in understanding how to play that game. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I heard I heard the first one was better too because I played yes. the second one. That was the, my first experience into that world. I really enjoyed the second one, but people were always telling me the story was better in the first one. So yeah, and I, well, and they actually had Studio Ghibli like do the cutscenes, which is awesome. I love yeah. those uh, that those are people. So that's why I want to get back. And yeah, same as you, I've heard the stories a lot deeper, a lot darker in the first one. So uh, yeah, I intend to go back at some point. It's definitely going to be a backlog game for now, but. Um, Anyway, let's jump into the small bite-sized news. So we found out U.S. politicians unveil new bill to clamp down on scalping. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Lawmakers in the United States have revealed a new bill intended to curb scalping of high-demand goods. The Stopping Grinch Bots Act, named after the titular festive Dr. Seuss antagonist, aims to stop scalpers using bots to quickly purchase items that are in demand to be sold for higher prices. Uh, once implemented, the bill hopes to create a more level playing field so everyone has a fair chance of buying popular products at reasonable prices when shopping online. So I don't know too much more other than that, Chris. It sounds like a nice first step, but I also think I've seen a few articles that have come out since this one. And now they're saying that, like, you know, people that know more than I or yourself have kind of looked into this and they're like, yeah, I don't think it's going to help that much. But again, at least it's a start. We got to get somewhere because just letting this run rampant is, yeah, it's not good for anyone. Yeah, it's it's a great thought, but the actual implementation of it, I am curious as how they're actually going to be able to do it. The only way they could do it is on the, the storefront level by having them implement some sort of checks and balances where they're like, okay, this is coming from a unique source. Allow mm-hmm. them to purchase it. Don't let them purchase 32 PlayStation 5s. So, yeah, it, it's got to be implemented at the store level. Because you can't... How, how can you target it on the people who are actually doing it? I, I don't know how you would do that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I, I, I hope the best for it. Like I said, I don't know too much about it. But it's just affecting everyone in so many different ways. Like even me and you were talking before recording about... You know, the computer I ordered two months ago being delayed another month now because they can't get the NVIDIA uh, RTX cards for me. So, you know, here I am still waiting for this computer to blow up in the meantime and uh, not in a great place, but let's move forward. Publisher Take Two forces It Takes Two Dev Hazelight to abandon title trademark. This one comes from Push Square. Hayes Light, developer of It Takes Two, has had to abandon ownership of the game's title trademark in a dispute with publisher Take-Two. The studio was hit with a claim by the publisher shortly after the co-op title's release earlier this year, according to a report from Eurogamer. Obviously, there are similarities between the two names, which have led to Take-Two getting its lawyers involved. This public document shows that Hayes Light dropped ownership of the name It Takes Two just days after launch. Asked for comment on the situation, the developer says it's hopeful this will be resolved. Take-Two has yet to offer any statement on the matter. Right now, all it means is that Hazelight is unable to protect the game's name. Take-Two isn't taking any further legal action, for now anyway, so the title will remain as it is, unless the studio decides to rename it. We'll keep you updated on any further developments. Yay. So, seems like a petty squabble, honestly, right here. Um, but as long as they don't go any further, I, hopefully this won't affect anything. <laughs> At least we would hope let's get past the award show because I really do think this title deserves to win some awards. I think it was creative. It's unique. Um, you know, me and yourself, we didn't come back to it, but I think we both did enjoy the time we spent in it. Yeah, definitely. 
so I don't think there's much to talk about here. It's just a small little interesting news article, but it just seems, you know, it is kind of funny that they're both talking about take two, but it, you know, I don't know. I guess I side with the game. It takes two. And it makes sense with the story, right? It takes two. It makes sense. Take two, the company, the publisher or whatever. It's just like, I don't know. It's a, it yeah. seems like a bit of a stretch, to be honest. Yeah, and it's not like anyone's confusing. Like, when they're giving the award to It Takes Two, they're not like, oh, no, we well, actually met the guy. publisher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that didn't release anything this year of any worth. Oh, no, wait, they did. They released the uh, GTA trilogy that did so well. Uh, so, yeah, clearly we need to keep eyes on them. Uh, moving forward, Resident Evil 4 remake art allegedly shared by Wesker voice actor. This one comes from VGC, and this is a funny one. The voice actor behind Wesker in the Resident Evil series is alleged to have shared confidential concept art for the unannounced Resident Evil 4 remake. Responding to the claim in several Facebook posts, Douglas said he's not currently involved in any Resident Evil games with the publisher Capcom, and then he's quoted saying, I am not hired by Capcom or any for any RE games as of today. Um, very weird, because you can go online, you can see this concept art, and it seems legit to me. Uh, we've heard multiple rumors that this game exists, uh, so that sounds believable. He's already done Wesker's voice many times, and I, I think from what it sounds like, like he's in a podcast talking about this and being like, yeah, I'm Wesker, and here's the concept art, and isn't this cool? And then now he's like, oh, no, I'm not even hired by them. Like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. Not anymore yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Wesker's not at that popular of a voice that you can't find a replacement. Yeah. So, the, I don't know, just funny news. Uh, unfortunate that he didn't have the foresight to, you know, kind of think before he spoke. But I guess as someone that also suffers from that disease, uh, I, get, I have some sympathy for him. The power of editing. There you go. <laughs> Which is weird, too, that he, like, it took him, you know, he couldn't ask them to cut it out before they aired it, or maybe it was live, I don't know, but uh, maybe uh, it's just like, you know, if it wasn't, can you imagine he would have had all that time to be like, hey, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have said shouldn't anything have about said that, that game that, song. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah Capcom's I, cool, they'll be fine with it. <laughs> especially you'd imagine he would have had to si- sign an NDA or something, like, I yeah. don't know how that didn't come through, but... Well, especially Resident Evil 4, that would have, that's a... I think that was that's like a, big a, pr- a pride and gem by Capcom. Yes. So. Well, yeah, you know that that wants to be, like, a big reveal for them, yeah. and now you kind of took a little more window of that sale. Yeah. DC Universe Online Developer Dimensional Inc. Studios is working on a Marvel MMO. This one comes from IGN. According to a recent investor presentation, DC Universe Online developer Dimensional Inc. Studios is working on a Marvel IP-based massively multiplayer online game. There's a mouthful. Most likely wouldn't see this until 2023 at the very earliest. It was also revealed that this unannounced Marvel MMO would be led by Jack Emmett, who designed and helmed City of Heroes and currently leads DC Universe Online. Uh, Chris, did you ever play DC Universe Online? No, I remember you talking to me about it, I think, years, years ago. ago. I, yeah. yeah, I tried. Well, because I think at the point I was trying it, it was, you know, you bought it because this was before I went free to play, but it was still like you buy it and it's free to play after that. Yeah. So I think I bought it for my PC many years ago. Like, it's got to be over 10 years ago now. And, you know, at the time it was fine. It was fun. Um, it was the first attempt that I can remember of like a real time action MMO. Um and it was interesting, like, you could make your little character, and, 
you know, I, I didn't find it very deep, at least at that time. I don't think it found, you know, its niche. I don't think it really honed in on its strengths yet. So, you know, I was kind of in and out. I probably played for a month or two. And it was fine. Like, it, it was neat to see those characters. But, I, you know, my biggest problem with it is like, okay, you're in the DC universe, but you only can somewhat interact with these heroes that you admire. And I didn't really care for my own hero. Like, it just never felt that great. So, you know, it's okay. But uh, I don't know. I, I guess it'd be interesting to see what a Marvel version of that would be. But my fear would just be, is it going to be more the same? Yeah, it's funny that you said that. That was exactly what I was going to say. I, I, my worry is that you play this generic, non-important character and you're around really impressive Marvel people. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I, I, don't understand, I don't think you can do it right. I just don't no. think it can be done well because it's like people want to play as those heroes and you, can't, you won't be able to do that in these games. At least you shouldn't be able to because there's a limited amount of those heroes. I mean, there's yeah. a lot. But for an MMO, there's more people than there are the superheroes. So, well, and I agree because you know it's not like Final Fantasy Online or World of Warcraft, where like you, there's going to be some characters you might know from previous games, but typically it's not going to be like you wanted to be that character. Like you still want to make your own character and be your own hero, write your own tale, yeah. and that's where those games work. Where this one, no, it's like all the other characters you can't play of are the heroes, the legends, the ones you care about. And I think that's why it's harder to try to make these games work. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I agree. And, I, I, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I'm sure there's other people that disagree. And they're like, no, I want to make my own here. I want to, you know, interact in this unique world that I already know about because of comics or animated TV shows or even the MCU itself. So, you know, I guess I'd like to see more. I'd like to see, you know, I would love definitely needs a graphical update. That's for sure. Um, and hopefully they've learned some things and they can change some things up because I think what we need now, especially for MMOs is I think we need to move forward. I think there has to be some new ideas, um, more experimentation, you know, the, um, I always forget their name, but the people that do uh, black desert online, uh, that next game they're working on, it's not really an MMO, but like, it's kind of like a blend apparently. Like I, it's interesting. I, I always want to see more on that one. And I really hope they seem to be the ones that might take us to the future of what the next level of MMO could be. And I remember when we tried Black Desert, it was impressive, but extremely complicated. Daunting. Very It's like daunting. the game just throws you in. And it's like, you have access to a thousand systems. Yes. Go to it. And it's like, uh, uh, what the hell am I doing? What does this thing do? How do I do this? It's, I mean, it's fun, I guess, in that regards where it's like, you're really l- having to learn how to do everything. But yeah. it, it's like, I think, I prefer like the, the gradual buildup of mechanics and new features and stuff. Yeah. So, but it was, it's an impressive game and I'm tempted to go back to that at some point, but yeah, well, I, I'm still waiting for the next game. It looked, uh, when they revealed it, I think a lot, maybe it's been two years now. Um, I think it was supposed to come out this year and then got delayed, but see, I'm really looking forward to the crimson desert. Like I was saying, uh, now that we know what its name is, but uh, anyway, let's move forward to some not uplifting news. CD Projekt Red says Cyberpunk and Witcher will add multiplayer features gradually. This comes from VGC. CD Projekt Red has reiterated plans to reintroduce multiplayer functionality for both Cyberpunk and Witcher franchises. In quotes, we are planning to add multiplayer functionality in the future to both franchises, including Cyberpunk. Gradually, uh, that one came from Adam Krasinski. We are not revealing which franchise will get the first multiplayer functionalities 
but the first attempt will be something we can learn from and then add more and more. So step by step, we won't we want to open doors to multiplayer, but adding some multiplayer activities gradually. Uh, he won't say which, but I think me and you both know it's cyberpunk. We've already heard about a side team that's been working on multiplayer for a while. Um, so, and like, really, I, I doubt you're going to be adding online functionality to Witcher 3 at this point. Like, I know they're doing the next gen version, but yeah, why what would it be? Uh, it may, the multiplayer functionality is you could enter Gwent tournaments within Witcher 3. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that game doesn't, I don't know how you would even do that game with multiple people running around. Like the the combat so well balanced with one player with two yeah. people, it, I don't, I I can't imagine it would work properly. Well, Unless, that's why it must be for the next one. Yeah, I'm thinking why. they're talking the next one. Yeah, and it, yeah, it, I mean, because I could only imagine you'd have to have a totally different system for that to work. And that'd be and epic, then, though. I would love to play Witcher with you. <laughs> yeah, so as long as it's done correctly. Like my thing is like, would it be? you know, additional single player with a friend content, or is it going to be a totally different thing? Kind of like the last of us, uh, factions, right. Where all of a sudden it's more like a battle Royale with swords or something stupid. Then I, you know, I'm, I won't be interested yeah. personally, but, but um, like, would it be like what Geralt and Siri or something? One person plays as her and the other one is him. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I'd be yeah, for I'm, some cool mechanics. There's some possibilities here, but, you know, right now I'm still pretty oh, down yeah. on CD Projekt Red. Yeah, I know it. You know what's weird is like I feel like I'm the only one in the world that remembers a year ago yeah. when this game came out and just the inexcusable quality it came out. And not even just that, the whole board's reluctance to admit their faults and their failures and try to blame it on everything else around them, yeah. act like they had no idea that this was happening at the time. And now we go to to like you know, let's skip forward to today. And you go on Steam and Cyberpunk's getting like positive reviews and people are like, oh yeah, like I can't wait oh, for yeah. the next thing. And I'm just like, what? Like this is the whole thing that I felt like the world finally stopped for a moment and, you know, like just became one singular, like I don't, I'm lacking the terminology, but they almost became a sentient being and they're like, you know, no, screw you. Like, you know, you, this is the ultimate like company that went from, being very player focused and consumer friendly to suddenly just corporate greed and fuckery. And I just like don't understand why everyone's suddenly like, oh no, we need to forgive them. I'm like, no, no, let's wait till they give us a reason to forgive them. Let's wait till they give us a reason to forget about these like failings and these bad decisions. And like, let's wait till they give us something good. Like, you know, if Witcher 4 comes out and it's amazing and it's back to the old way. Then, yeah, then I agree. But, like, you know, let's not go back to, like, let's pre-order things ahead of time and fall. And, like, and I don't even want multiplayer for half these things. Like, I think their strengths are clearly in single-player content. But, you know, that's just my opinion. So, moving on. CD Projekt Red is scaling back Cyberpunk 2077 support to work on expansions. This one comes from IGN. Uh, in CD Projekt Red's Q3 earnings report, it shows that the majority of the company was still supporting Cyberpunk 2077 up until the end of September this year. Now CD Projekt is focused on Cyberpunk 2077's impending expansion along with Gwent-related projects and projects involving Spoko, another studio under the CD Projekt umbrella. Uh, so here we go. What I was just complaining about, they're, in my opinion, this is a bad thing. We have a game that's still broken on past um, consoles and they just want to move forward. Oh, let's get the expansion out. Well, why do you want the expansion out? Oh, because you'll make money on it. 
you're going to make people pay for it. So you're not going to give PS4 and Xbox One users a game that works. You just want the now PS5 and Series S, Series X players and PC players to give you more money. You know, I, I don't know. Like, and this is why I think I get so frustrated when I'm, I'm hearing the media talk about like, you know, oh yeah, let's give them high re- Steam reviews because uh, it works good on PC. I'm like, okay, that's good for you guys. But even then, even let's take like the one platform it functions well on. Is that game that good? At best, it's like, I would equate it to like a Fallout 4 experience. And Fallout 4 was like a functional game, but it wasn't like a great game and neither is Cyberpunk. So it's just like, okay, you know, if I had to review Cyberpunk and I played many hours, I'd give it like maybe a six out of 10. The story is junk. Uh, I'm sorry. Side quests are forgettable as shit. It had like enough content. Like, I guess that was the fun part, but there's so many areas where you go to and it's just like nothing there. Uh, they try to put the Badlands to make it seem cool. I'm like, no, the Badlands was an obvious attempt to try to make the map look bigger, but you didn't have to have any responsibility to put anything in there. It's just, I don't know. I I don't think you spent too many hours in this game, but no, I'm still waiting for the upgrade. (laughs) That's, uh, (laughs) that's gotta be their logo now. Just still waiting. Yes. I'm committed Um, to eventually going back to it. I know one of my buddies has actually started playing it on PC and, he says he's having a good time with it for the most part. He's at, he's run into tons of bugs, but mm-hmm. for the most part, he uh, isn't that crazy it. too. Though another game that's like a year after the fact, still got tons of bugs, but people are like, "Oh no, you know, it's still a fine game." I'm like, "Okay, cool, no, like, yeah, whatever." Yeah. It's gonna be two years for it to be like officially okay. Yeah, I like how in the article though too, it talks about Gwent related projects. I told you, it's multiplayer. It's coming. It's coming there you to go. Richard Three. Can you imagine if just like a huge open world Gwent game and everyone's just playing 52 pickup, <laughs> <laughs> just cards shooting everywhere. <sighs> Dying Light 2 finally goes gold ahead of February 2022 release date. This one comes from Push Square. Several delays down the line and Dying Light 2 has finally gone gold, meaning that it's ready to ship. The open world zombie bashing RPG is set to release on the 4th of February, which gives developer Techland a bit more time to prepare for the big day. Uh, or I would honestly interject. It just gives them some time to polish. And uh, that's always good because, you know, every game nowadays gets a day one patch. So Still either way, it's good all. news. Yeah, it's, you don't like, you know, what's a sad thing is nowadays we just don't hear a lot of games that actually go gold before release anymore. Yeah. It's very few and far between. So uh, I don't know, Chris. I think I don't. I didn't play the first one. I heard good things about it. Zombie games aren't my forte normally. I think I always say that Resident Evil is kind of like the only outlier on that. But I know you're the big zombie guy. So I was a little surprised that you weren't super excited for this. But I think you're getting a little bit more there. Yeah, the the first one, for whatever reason, just never showed up on my radar. I never had anybody talking about the game. Like, hey, did you play this? Or I, nobody I know was playing it, as far as I know. And so I kind of just missed it. Uh, the second one, I'm hearing a lot more about it. I'm starting to hear how good the first one was from more more people. Not in my circle, but just reading articles and reading things. It's like, oh, hey, this is a pretty good game. I watched a gameplay trailer for it. It looks pretty good. Um, I think for me, I don't know. My interest is there, but it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like I'll probably pick up the game if I have nothing better to do. And I don't mean that as a bad thing. I just mean if I have nothing else going on or more interesting games I want to play that I could see myself picking this one up, even for full price, probably. So 
Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about this one. It, the gameplay trailer looked fun. The AI for the humans reminds me of kind of Horizon a little bit. It's like it, they all systematically would attack you one at a time and not like, mm. you know, r- rage against you. So I, for some reason, my head went to that. So I don't know. I, I'm interested in it. Yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on it. We'll see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's one that I would tell anyone that likes zombie games and or parkour anything. Uh, definitely look at this game up. I, I like you said. I've heard nothing about other than good things about the first one. So, uh, although I'm not interested, this is one of the games that I would champion just because it sounds like it deserves some backing. So, I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing others enjoy this game. Is the best way I can sum it up. Sony Patton's DualShock S controller for mobile devices. This one comes from Mobile Syrup. A recently published Sony Interactive Entertainment Japan patent outlines a gaming controller that would work with mobile devices. Not much more to say here. Basically, it looks like something that either like Joy-Cons goes to the side, but more likely it's just going to clip in the back of your phone. We'll give you a controller for your phone being, I guess, in, what is that? Uh, landscape mode? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, okay. So I'm like, so they just kind of connect to your phone, and then it doesn't really get much more than that, but it, honestly, looking at this, knowing anything about Sony, I'm like, this isn't g- going to be like a new mobile device. This isn't crazy. I think it's, you know, we know about their contract with Microsoft to use some of their servers. So Sony at some point is going to be looking at cloud gaming and Sony has done some decent work with their remote stuff. You know, they have the remote play app for the PC, which I've heard decent things about. You know, if you can't play your PS5 on your main TV, it's, I guess, a decent secondary device. We've heard it already works with phones already. So if you could get a controller on that, I could see where they're coming out there. So I mean, I just hope people don't see this and start thinking like Vita 2 and oh my God, like we're going back to mobile. Definitely not happening, but I guess it's kind of cool. Me and you, this doesn't really speak to you. I know I'm kind of talking for you, but I know how you feel about mobile games too. Like we just have no interest in that. I think at best I have Solitaire on my phone currently today. And even that I, you know, if I put 10 minutes into it a week, it's, it's been a good week for mobile gaming. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you hundred percent, but I will say if I were to play a mobile game, I would love this probably because yeah. I, I don't like playing with those like fake analog sticks on your yeah. screens and shit. That's why I don't even play a lot of those games because a lot of those have those fake digital analog sticks. So I just, I don't play mobile games because it's like when I'm out and about, I'm out and about like yeah. I'm out for a reason. If, and if I'm not out uh, like doing something like, you know, I'm a grown ass man. So I'm like, I get if you were constantly in transportation, like public transportation for your job, then maybe I would do this, but like, you know, we have our own vehicles. I have to drive to work. So whenever I'm out of the house, I'm usually, it's for a reason. You know, I'm not one of those, I don't want to like be mean, but I'm not one of those crazy kids that like has no interaction with their family. So when they're dragged to their parents or, you know, their families get togethers, they're playing mobile games instead of interacting. Cause you know, that's going to help build those social skills you'll need later in life. Um, so I just like, yeah, the only time I'd be able to use this is at home. And then I'm like, well, Hey, why am I not playing my PS five? Um, so I guess that's just where I, this stuff never clicks for me, but, uh, I don't think we have to touch more on that one. So let's go to the matrix awakens an unreal engine five experience has leaked on PS five. This one comes from VGC, a promotional image for the product, which is billed as an unreal engine five experience was published on the PlayStation. Network 
backend with no further detail other than it exists on PS5. Not much to say here. This just seems like a promotional piece. I don't think this is going to be a game of anything. I don't think this is going to be like a major title of any sort. I just think it's promotional material. It's kind of like, I remember, um, I think it was one of the Paranormal Activity movies had like a VR experience and, you know, all it was, it's like, yeah. hey, like, let's get some jump scares and now you're excited for this movie. Yeah, I figure it's probably some sort of like, almost like a webisode type of thing where it's mm-hmm. like maybe eight minute long vid- like video experience that will kind of lead into the movie maybe. That's maybe as much as you're going to get. Yeah, I, yeah, this isn't something I I tell fans to hold their breath for like, I will try it, though, if it comes out. <laughs> yeah, well, I know you're a Matrix guy, and we'll watch the movie. Uh, it's coming out on a Wednesday, which is really strange, but I think we talked about how it's probably just trying to avoid Christmas. Yeah. Kingdoms of Amulor, Re-Reckoning's Fate Sworn expansion, releases this month. This one comes from Push Square. The trailer sets the stage for the DLC, but again, no gameplay. We assume that we'll actually get to see the expansion in action very soon. Journey to brand new region in Amular filled with snowy tundras, deep caverns, and treacherous enemies. Visit mountain villages and an ancient lakeside city of Crownhold and master the unstable power of chaos with the new skill tree, weapons, and armors. As the fabled fate sworn, you will wage a last battle against the Nix. Niskaru, I'm going to say, and their chaos brethren. As procedurally generated chaos dungeons turn every region in kingdoms of Amalur re-reckoning into a potential battlefield. Uh, cool. Uh, you know, I tried this a little bit when it was our free PlayStation Plus game of the month, which I think was last month. Um, I tried a little bit. I got further than I did the first time I ever played it years ago, and it was fine. Uh, better than I remembered. Um, but I, I can't remember what I got distracted by, but then I just haven't gone back since. But I will say, good marketing. You gave the game free to everyone, and now you're releasing expansion. So if you did hook new people, you know, that's a good, great idea. It's a good try. It's uh, completely opposite of what we'll talk about later in the episode uh, of what bad marketing looks like. But uh, I'll save that till then. Uh, do you have any opinions on this? I mean, it's good that I guess they're getting. I I did. I'm sp- I'm surprised that people are still even working on it. To be honest, like, how old is this game? Well, it's not that they are. You know, it's one of those things that I forget what they call. I always forget their new name. Um, but it's TH Nordic or right. HQ Nordic. They're old, bought yeah. that company and then re-released it, and then now they're trying they to make, add to it. Yeah, they want to see if it can become you know successful again. Basically, oh, maybe they can breathe new life into it. I don't know. I'd say that's probably the only way you'd ever see a sequel. If you want a sequel, like again, it's yeah, one of those games that don't need to do well. The people loved it, loved it, but it seems to be more like a cult classic. Anyway, we're gonna move on to review roundup. We only got two games this week of note, so we're gonna start with Solar Ash. Solar Ash is sitting at an eighty on the critic score with sixteen positive and seven mixed reviews, and on the user side, we're sitting at a six point seven with. Uh, with 14 ratings. The next game is Chorus. It's sitting at a 71 critic score, seven positive, 12 mixed, one negative. And on a user side, we're going 6.1 with seven ratings. So not a huge week for releases, but you know, it, it's 2021. What I can't really summarize it better than that. Yeah. Solar Ash was one that we were always kind of keeping an eye on. I don't know if this is one that we're going to get. It looks, no. it looks kind of interesting. The creatures and bosses look really neat, but. I feel like this one's probably going to end up on PlayStation Plus pretty quick. These games seem to be kind of sold in that regard. 
And chorus. It's, I haven't. I don't know much about chorus. It looks like a a space type of shooter. It looked visually. It looks really good, but. Um, some of the reviews were saying the story's a bit lacking, but gameplay is fun. So, yeah. So if you're bored, check them out. But until then, it's time for me and Chris to synchronize. So let us jump into the, the news. news. Number one, doubling down. This one comes from VGC. Respawn co-founder Vince Zampella will be taking on a new role as the overseer of the entire Battlefield franchise, and Halo designer Marcus Leto will be in charge of putting together a new Seattle studio, whose aim will be to add more meaningful narrative into the Battlefield series. It is believed that as well as Leto's new studio and the upcoming Battlefield mobile game planned for 2022, there will also be new game in a new game in development at Ripple Effect, formerly known as Dice LA. Uh, I believe Ripple Effect also did the portal mode for the current Battlefield, so I guess it kind of makes sense. Respect. Uh, and confirming its rebranding in July, EA stated that Ripple Effect was working on a new game. While it wasn't confirmed to be a Battlefield game at the time, it was confirmed that Zampella was overseeing the project, which, you know, full circle, if Zampella is now taking, a, you know, control of Battlefield, it uh, makes sense to believe that it's going to be more Battlefield. So, Chris, I guess to summarize everything, it, you know, it seems like, we're going to get more Battlefield. And uh, what I was reading on other sites is it sounds like they want to put more content in this current Battlefield, like build that one up. Not so much. Yeah. You know, some people took it as like, oh, we're going to get like a Battlefield every year. And I'm not saying that's an impossibility, but to me, it sounds like it's more let's add. And maybe we're still going to get those two year pauses between titles, um, but that they'll add more content. And kind of like we're seeing everyone do, you know, me and you just talked about Valhalla to get in a second year. Uh, Hitman 3 is now going to get a second year of content. Um, I, I, I personally believe that's what we're looking at here. And, you know, we also need to talk about how they're doing something smart, which is taking someone like Vince, who I believe was the main guy at in uh, Respawn, and now he's taking control of Battlefield because clearly there's a problem here. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's like from what I'm reading, it's like they want to make it a universe, right? So mm -hmm. it's like the 2042 is now a container where they could fill it with anything that they wanted to fill it with, right? So they're maybe, like you said, the portal mode is a good connector to all the older games. And then they're just going to add more to this game and improve upon it, hopefully, because we know they're, this 2042 is rough. That's, yes. We've gone over the list before, but it's, it's not doing well. Uh, I know we're going to mention it in another article coming up, but um, yeah, I, I think this is uh, probably a good move uh, getting Vince on this. Uh, I think this is going to work well for them and I'm excited to see what Ripple Effect does because I'm hearing a lot of good things about that portal mode. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if we mentioned it or not, but that guy who made the whole Battle Royale version with all the custom rules and stuff to make it work, that's impressive. So. Uh, looking forward to seeing what could come from this, um, except for the Battlefield mobile game, because I wish companies wouldn't <laughs> go in that direction. I will second the mobile game thing. Um, and also, yeah, I think this is all smart. They definitely need someone else to take the helm for Battlefield series. So I think that's just a smart move as a whole. Uh, I think we're all sick and tired of broken battlefields. Like, it's just when it happens over and over and over. And unfortunately, nobody's still talking about the Frostbite engine. And why that needs to be thrown out. 
Uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Like maybe it's, it is mismanagement and it's all these other problems of why this keeps happening and not so much the, the engine. Although we've heard multiple people who've worked on the engine complain about it. Um, so I'm still sticking that with that being partially true. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I honestly, I think portal mode could be the one thing that saves this title. Like, you know, you talked about that guy, all the crazy things he had to do, like the, the hard work he must've put in there. Like what a smart man in general, like what a, I'm going to call him a little gentleman. And he just did the work and I mean, damn, they should be hiring him really. Um, but you know, him showing the power of this por- portal mode. And like I said, if they build upon and build upon and grow this portal mode, that might be the one thing that could save this game. Yeah. I think it could turn things around. You get the narrative change to be like, Oh, we really have to try out this portal mode. Like, look at all the things we could do. We could make this the game we enjoyed as long as dice can get their crap together and fix the base game. Game companies are just going to be releasing tools for the community to make their own games. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of funny when you put it that way, but yeah, basically. So we're going to move on to number two. One field ain't like the other. This one comes from GameIndustry.biz. Chris. The newest farming simulator has set new launch sales records for the series, shifting more than 1.5 million copies. Just repeat that in your head again. (laughs) 1.5 million copies. Farming Simulator 22 debuted on PC, Mac, consoles, and Stadia. That's still around. On November 22nd and reached the sales milestone within its first week. First week. According to stats from SteamDB, the game even managed to outpace Battlefield 2042 on Steam. Farming Simulator achieved a 24-hour peak of 93,782 players over the course of the week, compared to a 24-hour peak of 53,053 users for EA's multiplayer shooter. Wow. It's a particularly interesting release for developer Giant Software, as it represents the company's first venture into self-publishing, making this a big debut for Giants as a publisher. Farming Simulator 22 has not only expanded the already substantial audience for the series, but has also better connected that audience thanks to cross-platform multiplayer across PC, current-gen, and last-gen consoles. Can you? Can we just stop for a second? <laughs> this <laughs> game has back. better cross-play than like so many major titles that come out. <laughs> like it's just this <laughs> series is so interesting to me and crazy and i would have never thought we'd see anything like this uh what is happening like this is so funny and it's beating battlefield which you know battlefield is its own problem there like it it shouldn't be but you know i i don't want to i don't want to say anything too negative about farming simulator but at the same time i feel like this totally speaks to like what a weak year we've had that you're getting a hundred thousand people at the same time playing a farming simulator and that's not me trying to downplay this game maybe it's delightful like you got lost in the last uh farming simulator 21 so it's not that it it isn't good in its own right it's just i would have never thought we'd be reading this article right now yeah i don't know i don't know what to say (laughs) shaking my head about it it's it's I'm, I'm kind of happy for them. I mean, I'm definitely I am happy, happy for, them. for them. I'm definitely happy for them. But yeah, no, I agree with you. It's like, how does it beat Battlefield in that regard? That just blows me away. Blows me I really away. Hope, I really hope EA looks at that and they're like, wow, we really did something. <laughs> yeah. Good on them. Yeah. And good for them for constantly growing. Like, they're just going to keep swinging. And if they're already selling millions, like, there's games where... You know, it even took Tales of Arise, like how long it hit a million copies, and they were just happy with the million. 
And this guy's like comes out and, you know, in less than the time it took Tales of Rise to hit one, they're 1.5. It, it's just what world we live in, Chris. <laughs> what a world of agriculture that we live in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to number three, Godfall or a Godlike Fail. This one comes from Push Square. These titles, they get more and more clever. <laughs> Godfall is one of December's PlayStation Plus games, except it technically isn't. The Godfall that you get to download with your PS Plus subscription on the 7th of December is a new version called Godfall Challenger Edition, which is designed to get you straight into the title's end game content. This is in quotes. Godfall Challenger Edition allows new players to experience the game's trio of end game modes, minus the story content of the base game and Fire and Darkness expansions, and grants existing players new exciting features and rewards to enjoy, writes developer uh counterplay games on the playstation blog so chris uh nobody did their homework last week including us i'm not shitting on anyone but like literally no one (laughs) i think the the care for this game is so low that nobody bothered to check what a challenger's edition meant yeah and now we found out this week that what it means is it's not even the game you're getting just the end content when you start this game you're gonna be max level and just doing end game stuff you're gonna get no story none of the expansions it is not what we thought we were getting and this is what I was alluding to before when we were talking about uh, shitty ways of doing marketing. And wow, what a fail. What a fail. You know, me and you just talked about this last week that we were going to download this and finally get to try this game. 100% wholeheartedly, I'm not downloading this now. It's so confusing to me because normally the reason why people don't look this stuff up is because usually when a game releases a special edition of itself, it, <laughs> it's include, not a it includes <laughs> it includes everything it's almost like the game of the year edition it has mm-hmm. all the content that is available to the game no you this I, this is to be honest this is the first time off the top of my head that a new version of a game's come out and there's less content in the game i'm i'm so confused by this and i'm kind of with you on the not wanting to play it at this point i i, mm-hmm. I did want to try this and i wanted to even play this with you co-op but with now that it's like this now, mind you, most games end content is usually probably the better stuff. And I didn't hear too anything too crazy about the story, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just totally not interested now to play this. And it's, well, it's, it's annoying. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a way they did this, but just from the perspective of saying, Hey, you start an end game. How the hell do I know how to play end game content? End game content and games like this are traditionally really hard. Like, cause by then you've mastered, the systems and you know how to go about the challenges you're not going to know that here so unless they added a new tutorial to explain end game content i just feel like that's a lot to throw at someone mm-hmm. and especially someone like me like i don't respond to that well just being like you know just bombarded with information all at once you just blow the entire thing on me I, i'm not going to be able to respond to that correctly and it just yeah i i get what you're saying like the story wasn't great either um but yeah, like to not have somewhere to start and under, try to learn this world and understand or have any care for it whatsoever. I this is such a bad move, and it really tells me like I think you're right. Like you said, endgame content is probably the best part of this game, uh, and I think they knew that, and that's why maybe and w- the craziest board meeting ever. They thought this somehow seemed like a good idea because like, well, hey, this is the strongest part. Why don't we give people this? It's like, yeah, but you can't take away options and expect people to be excited for that i like i just don't understand how this made it past the first conversation i guess the only people that really benefit from this are the people who actually play godfall 
because then they get access to some potentially new content they didn't have access to, right? I guess. I just I just don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. And then, like, for me, I'm a trophy guy. If I am jump to the end of the game, how, can I still get trophies? Because well, normally trophies separate, are story-related, right? Well, I was going to say, does it have its own separate story? Because, like, how... Yeah, like, yeah. not separate stories, but, like... Sorry, separate trophy list. Because how, yeah. yeah, how else could they expect you to get the platinum? Yeah, I don't know. This is just a maybe people will make a big enough stink about this. Like, uh, was it control? Yeah, control. There was issues where they were, oh yeah, doing not quite like this, but you know, just the way they were the releasing the game on the next gen consoles, um, and they made such a big stink of it, and they eventually just gave it to everybody. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll uh, maybe they'll hear what's going on and they'll fold and just give everybody the the full package, as it were. So I don't know. This is a, this seems like a bad move. This is just a marketing fail through and through. And you know, like I, I get this game didn't perform well. It you know it g- swam away from people's minds very quickly. You know, nobody was paying attention to this thing. But this is not the way to bring it back to being something relevant. Uh, I'll tell you that. So. Anyway, let's move on from that disappointing news to number four, Bioshock sequel sounds chilly. This one comes from VGC. Chris. According to Moriarty, Bioshock 4 will take place during the 1960s in a fictional Antarctic city. This matches with what VGC has been told by their sources about the game. Narratively, the game will be tied to the previous Bioshock games, the journalist claimed, and developer Cloud Chamber is targeting a 2022 release. Jonathan Pelling, who was a designer of the, on the original Bioshock, as well as creative director at the 2K Australia team responsible for Infinite's floating world of Columbia, is design director for the new Bioshock. The game's creative director is Hoagie de la Plante, who was involved in the original Bioshock across multiple disciplines, including level design, environment art, and programming. Scott Sinclair, the art director of the, of the original Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite, is also going to be working on Bioshock 4. There was an additional article that was also posted that the game is speculated to be called Bioshock Isolation. Which would make sense with the Antarctic, Antarctic yeah, setting. Sense. Yeah. So, I don't know, Chris. You're the bigger Bioshock. Mm. I'm the crazy person in this conversation. I'm the naysayer. I don't love Bioshock, or at least the original or the second one. Uh, I actually connected way more with Infinite, and I enjoyed the floaty city. I enjoyed... It's, you know, narrative about race and class and all that kind of stuff. And I just thought it was far more interesting. I liked, um, I can't remember her name now. I feel like I always forget it. But I liked having that character with you the whole time. Is it Elizabeth, right? I think yeah. that's what it was. And I, yeah, I just thought that was a way, a much stronger story uh, than the first one where your only character connection is a freaking radio and a talking voice, which I'm like, okay, cool. Like, what a forgettable thing. Um, I think Rapture's cool in concept. Like I'd love to see it in a movie or a TV show. Like, but some of the ways they this just the story itself, the way it progressed, and how you don't interact with anything. It just I could never get through it. Uh, I know I'm just the weird one, so I'm a little concerned because I feel like this Antarctic setting could be the same. Um, and I just don't know how they're going to move forward. Honestly, after Infinite, it, it definitely left things different. <laughs> you know, so. Uh, I, I'm more interested in your take though, because you are what I would call a true Bioshock fan. Um, uh, you've probably played the first one as many times as I've heard you talk about it. Yeah. I feel like you've, you know, 
you know what you're talking about. So yeah. I'm just no, going to sit back and let you go. I'm very much quite the opposite of you in this regards. I loved Bioshock 1 and 2, uh, especially 2 if you remove the HUD, because uh, that is painful. Um, but uh, yeah, 3 just did not hit well with me. Like I had fun time playing it, but I'm, I'm going to be honest. I did not understand the story at all. I had to look it up afterwards to understand what the hell was going on. Even when I read it afterwards, I'm like, this is the most confusing thing. I just totally did not sit with me. I did not understand the game. I had a fun time doing it. I just did not get it. The first two, I love the first two games. Um, not to say three didn't have its moments. It had moments, but like I said, the it was just kind of confusing. It had some cool moments, but yeah. Uh, I'm excited for the fourth one. I hope it's more similar to the first and second one. I'm fine with, yeah, NPCs, like more characters involvement being in the story. I, I get where the radio thing wasn't as great, um, but there there was characters you did interact with in the original two. They were mostly the villains. Uh, there wasn't too many. I don't think there was hardly any protagonists in that, but uh, I'm very excited for a new Bioshock to jump back into that world. I hope they move away from, I don't know what it is. I felt maybe it was like the original two. I liked the, you know, being secluded, locked in like a dungeon underground, under the water, you know, the pressures pushing against you type of thing. Being in the open city, I, you know, flying on hooks, super fast, jumping around. It just was, didn't sit with me. I, I didn't care for it as much. I, I don't know why. I can't say why. I just, I, I liked being in that underground city. I just, thought it was so unique well uh, it's definitely the best part of that no uh, yeah for sure the environment game, oh sure. god the environment yeah. even all three games the environment's really unique and cool and yeah. whatnot the the engineering to make this these places functional but so i'm super excited for a fourth one uh antarctic city seems like it could be an interesting place as long as we're not constantly having to fight it like survival aspect in the regards to like you know the cold weather and stuff like that. Oh, where you have that to, is, yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's, it's never a be, good thing. Yeah, it doesn't become a survival type of game. Just more of a surviving in the sense that you know whatever you're fighting type thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm excited. If I didn't say that enough, <laughs> no, it's good. I'm glad this exists. I I really do hope it's good for the fans of the series. I you know like I said, I didn't connect with Bioshock One, knowing that I'm a minority. But I a just, lot of people uh, like the third one. It's popular. And I find a lot of people that played the third one never even played the first two, which is even weirder to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it just spoke to different people. And again, that's why I think I I like to have those character interactions. I like to have a strong story, strong characters, strong narratives. And just the first one, as, as far as I got to, and that's where I can't really speak uh, too much about the first one, because I, I never got that. I wouldn't even say I got to the halfway point just because in the time I would try to play, yeah, all you get to interact with is a, is a radio. And I'm just like, this is the laziest game design I've ever seen. Like you guys couldn't make a character model. <laughs> like you just like, you're just going to have a, a picture show up on my screen that says like, Oh yeah, sure. You're talking to this guy on the radio. It's like that. You have no idea who it is, but you accept him right off the bat, which also makes no sense. It just seemed strange. And I'm like, okay. Like the only thing that was cool about that is like I said, the, the atmosphere was amazing. Um, it was scary. It was creepy. Um, I liked all that stuff. The only thing I didn't like about Infinite was there's this one section where all of a sudden it becomes like a ghost story and you're like a ghostbuster. And I'm like, what is going on here? Like, this is such a left turn. Like, what the hell? So I don't know. All I can say is hopefully there's a reveal this soon. Maybe a trailer just gives a little more understanding. And uh, I w- I'm, I'm excited to see more. Maybe I'll like this one as much as I liked Infinite. I don't know. 
and maybe you'll like as much as like one and uh, who knows hopefully it, t- it, it speaks to everyone uh i feel like the only game that people agree on is other than you but i'd say the majority uh if there is any middle ground they just everyone seems to not like two but i'm a little i, I never really played it too much myself so i'm wondering if that's more like a batman arkham Origins situation where it's like well it's not the real guys and yeah blah, blah, blah. i could see that that's actually a good yeah. comparison yeah so who knows but anyway let's move on to our last article of the day under pressure this one comes from push square and sony is planning to combine playstation plus and playstation now to create a new playstation subscription service that can compete with xbox game pass according to a fresh report from bloomberg citing trusted sources and leaked documents the report states that this service is set to launch around spring 2022 which isn't too far from now and could also result in Sony phasing out PS Now as its own thing, which is a good thing. The service is apparently codenamed Spartacus, and the gist is that by slapping PS Plus and PS Now together, subscribers will have access to a huge catalog of games. Again, it all sounds very similar to Microsoft's massively popular Game Pass model. The report doesn't stop there, however. It claims that this new service is currently set up to be split into three tiers the first including the existing ps plus subscription that's access to online multiplayer cloud saves and the monthly games the second tier adds a large selection of ps4 games with ps5 games being added down the line and finally the third tier throws its extended demos and game streaming along with access to ps1 ps2 ps3 and psp games if this thing really is launching within the next few months then we should be getting official confirmation soon. So Chris, this is obviously the big one. I think really the the biggest news article we have this week, uh, and it also came really late in this week, so I'm glad we delayed our recording a little bit uh, to be able to digest this mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to let you open, and you tell me your thoughts. I think this is great. I think we, if you go back to our podcast, or would you kindly go back to our podcast and try to find the, <laughs> where we talked about this? Um, <laughs> This is what we've said they needed to do. Um, in some, they have to throw their hat into competing with Xbox in this type of market in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Is it a new service altogether? Uh, do they drop the PlayStation Now? That's kind of one thing we had thought about is like get rid of PlayStation Now, turn it into some sort of Game Pass type of thing. I think this is great. Uh, my mm-hmm. biggest concern, and it's not even that big of a concern, is they have to get the pricing just right yeah they ha- that's the big thing that pricing has to be just perfectly because right now it's like i don't see them changing the playstation plus price as it is mm-hmm. um because i think it's pretty reasonable especially for like a, a you know a, a year-long subscription it seems it's a oh, pretty yeah. good price well, especially when it's a, a comparison to xbox games gold like our games that we get although i complain about them all the time are much better yeah. Um I think the service as a whole is better. I know that's just maybe that's my bias. So yeah. you don't have to take that. But um so I think yeah, if you're just comparing them the base versions, uh yeah, I definitely think it's good and with the price it's at, it's great. Um but I'll let you continue. Yeah. So it, the pricing has got to be just perfect cuz like with Game Pass is what is it $10 something around there. Uh $10 on the PlayStation side. Is that maybe pricey? That I don't know. I don't know if that's pricey or not. I, I it could be reasonable. Uh, it depends how new the games are. Is it? Are we going to get brand new games like Game Pass? Like, are, no. like, is it, like you know, Halo comes out. Are we going to get that right away? I don't think PlayStation's going to get that. 
So yeah. I suspect it's going to be, it's got to be a little bit cheaper than that. So I'm thinking it's got to be around like the, I don't know, five to $8 range, hopefully for that well, second this tier. Is, this is what I'm worried about is people are going to get confused that they're like, well, game pass is only $10. Why do I have to pay 15 to $20 to get the third tier of PS plus? And I'm like, well, okay, again, we got to compare fairly to game pass is its own thing, but typically you're, you have to, you know, compare it or combine it with xbox get like gold yeah you know to get the online features so then really then xbox uh gold with game pass or because they, they have that ultimate tier i believe so i'm not sure how much that is but let's say it's like 15 to 20 dollars as well uh then i then i'm like okay well playstation because they're grouping it all like that like it's always going to have playstation plus it seems in somewhat inserted in there then the prices are going to look a little more than just comparing it to Game Pass, right? Right. Uh, so we, we got to keep it fair. So like to me, yeah, if PlayStation says like $15, you get the whole thing. That's great. But if you go anything over than that, like you're going to have a real problem because again, you are compared to a service that's going to give you uh, first party titles day and date for free or yeah. like, or for the price of your subscription. It's, it's a weird ground when we always talk about like it's free, but you know, technically you're paying yeah. for it. Um, but yeah, so you got to... Look at that fairly. The comparison. No, I don't think PlayStation is going to have uh, our first party games, which is why I think I like this. It's weird. I know I can talk about that more later, um, but I think I'm comfortable with fifteen dollars. But that's my take. Yeah. And then the third tier, playing older games, which I think is is probably better on the PlayStation side because I think the back catalog for PlayStation is better than the back catalog for Xbox. Uh, I almost want to say by far. So, well, yeah, we can get in that, too, because like, you brought up a great point. The reason Xbox and a lot of people forget this, the reason Xbox really likes talking about backwards compatibility and going back as far as they can in their catalog is because when you look at it for the last two generations, what the hell have they had? They need backwards compatibility. Xbox, the original Xbox and the Xbox 360 are the only two generations they had games. So it's like people are always like, oh, backwards compatibility. I'm like, yeah, because if they came out like PlayStation said you only could play Xbox One games, can you imagine, Chris? Can you imagine? You'd have nothing to play. It'd be ridiculous. They had to do that. So then now if PlayStation, we don't know the catalog, by the way, but if PlayStation comes out and yeah, they're saying PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games, you're right. It's a no brainer. PS2 alone could destroy anything uh anything backwards compatibility that microsoft could but yeah. again depends on that catalog are we getting all those games what are the contracts like can you get everything i i doubt it and are they just going to trickle in and take away all the time like i don't know this thing's so you know loose right now it's hard for me to like figure out exactly how it's going to stand so those are the three tiers that we're going to be expecting i'm curious if I didn't want to get the second tier. Can I get just the first and third tier? Is that going to be an option or do I have to get to, because they're calling it tiers makes it implies that I have to have the second tier to get the third tier. So I'm, I'm curious if I could just get the first and third tier. Can I do that? I don't know. So are you, are you thinking a $15 price tag for tier two and three is worthy for you? Is that enough? Yeah. If, if, as long as it's, you get all three tiers for $15, I'd be okay with that. I'm a little worried it might be more, and I don't personally think they should do more again because you're going to come out and say, like, well, they get Halo for the cost of subscription, but you're not getting Horizon Zero or Forbidden West 
for nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it is like I get it. They're going to say like, well, you know, our catalog's so much better when you look at the PS1, PS2, PS3. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But like, you know, the, we're still talking about like they're getting full games for free. And I know that like we talk about all the time, like Xbox Game Pass isn't sorry, not profitable. They say it's sustainable, but even that is some weird phrasing because, you know, it's only sustainable because Microsoft has so much money. They can afford to like lose money day after day and it's fine. PlayStation would go bankrupt in a year of trying to do Game Pass the way it is right now. A hundred percent. It's just, there's no way around it. So that's why I get why PlayStation can't do that step. Uh, if they did, they, I don't know, it'd be crazy, but, uh, I don't think they could afford to personally. So I, I like this from a business perspective. I want Sony still do good. We can up those subscriptions, which is going to help them. We're still buying our games full price, uh, which is still going to help them. And it helps the developers. And I think it's just, I think it's good for the environment, uh, (laughs) <laughs> the environment sounds but the <laughs> ecosystem is probably a better word. It doesn't save animals. I'm sorry. Uh, the dolphins suddenly aren't getting murdered by plastic. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, this is crazy. I'm excited. I'm a little worried because like you, I, I'm like, you're right. Like, do, can we pick and take any tier or is it, you know, you just are always upgrading. So it's like, you start with tier one. If you want tier three though, you got to take tier two and then you get tier three. Right. So I'm a little worried about that as well. Again, I bring up the catalog thing. Like, I don't know how that's going to work with all, like, they had so many, you know, I could just stay on the PS2 forever. They just had so much games on the PS2 that, like, yeah, where does it fall? Like, how many of those can you really get back? Mm -hmm. And my worry, I guess we can come back to that, too, is, like, you know, it sounds like all that backwards compatibility stuff is going to be streaming. And... I don't hear anyone that loves PlayStation now for that reason. Yes. Streaming older games is probably gonna be a little easier. Um, but you know, you're not going to get those upgrades that Xbox players get, you know, a lot of their backwards compatibility is adding the 4k and stuff. Um, you know, so it's not apples to apples. Uh, yeah, this is going to be interesting, but it is good. They, They needed to do anything right now. Like, I don't think it has to compete because, you know, let's face it. The last time we got the numbers, it looks like the PS5 might be, you know, outselling Xbox Series S and X twofold now. Uh, not to mention now, you know, Black Friday just happened and they already said Xbox Series X was the best selling console. And I'm like, okay, so now it's even a weirder problem where it sounds like Microsoft is only selling the Series S, which isn't a good thing for them considering they're always pushing power, power. Well, now that's going to hold you back in the future. If, if truly your biggest market now is this weak console, like weaker than the Xbox one X. That's not great for your future development of games. That's going to tie want you down. everybody to screw up and buy a series S and then realize they meant to buy an X. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> um, so like, I don't know. There's just so many ways we can get into this, but uh, they need to do something and I'm glad they're looking into it. And uh, I, I think it will, somewhat even out the conversations because there are you know it has been negative for a while like although people keep buying playstation and they love the first party stuff there's always that little bit of resentment they're like well you don't have a game pass and oh i wish you do something and so i'm like it's going to give them the option do i think everyone's going to fall in love with this just off the news we got today probably not i still think people are like well i have to pay and some of this is streaming and you know what is the catalog like you know at second tier what does that catalog look like is that um, the PlayStation five, that collection we got when you got the PS five, you know how there's the collection of games. 
that you get for free. So it's just building upon that. Um, yeah, there's a lot to talk about and a lot that we still need more information on. So I basically, I think it sounds like we're just gonna have to wait to hear more. Um, and I, I, I do, I hope for the best. I think that's all I think we can say. So until we hear more, until we get confirmation that this truly exists, which it, it definitely does, but we've been hearing, you know, little rumors every once in a while that they've been looking into this. I like this. I think it's, um, a step in the right direction. And uh, I guess we'll just have to wait to hear more. So let's move on to homework. What is homework? A homework is when we don't have time to get through everything that happened this week. So we just give you the article headlines where you can find those articles and then you can go educate yourselves and uh, not a lot of home- homework this week. So let's just get into it. New PS5 firmware update is available now for download. That one comes from Push Square. Uh, just more you know, performance updates. The physical versions of GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition have been delayed. This one comes from VGC. No surprise there. Call of Duty fans reveal why they aren't buying Vanguard. This one comes from IGN. The reason might surprise you. (laughs) (laughs) M. Night Shyamalan says expect a twist. Netflix teases its live action Resident Evil series with its first clip. This one comes from VGC and it's a small clip. So don't get too excited. But it can't be worse than the new movie, apparently, because that new movie is getting destroyed on everyone's reviews, mm. not just critics. Mm. I'm a little worried. Mm. Um, so anyway, we got through all the homework. So that is it for everything on the show. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, your time is your most valuable currency. It humbles us that you give any of it to us. And until next Monday, I just got to say goodbye. Bye. Hey.